Welcome to A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm so glad that you've joined me for another day of digging into the Word of God together. I'm Carol McLeod, and let me tell you this. If there's one verse that sums up what a Christian life should look like, perhaps we could consider James 4, 7. Let me read it to you. Submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Can it really be that simple? Well, we're going to find out on today's podcast. We're studying the book of James in this Bible study that I've entitled, Never, Never, Never Give Up. Submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We have learned what our relationship to the Lord should look like. Obedience birthed out of love. Submission birthed out of honor and respect. But now this verse goes on to talk about our response to the devil. We know what our response to the Lord should be. What should our response to the enemy be? It should be resistance. You should resist the devil. This is the Greek word, antihistemi, and it means to stand in opposition to. It's the picture of a person who is fiercely opposed to something and does everything within his or her power to defy this person. By choosing this particular word, antihistemi, James and the Holy Spirit are telling us, dig in your heels, brace yourselves for a fight, put your full force behind backing the devil out of your life. Let me give you some practical examples of what your full force might contain. Reading the Bible, one of the most powerful things you can do to resist the devil. The enemy quakes with fear in the corner when he sees you open up your Bible every day. Another thing you can do to resist the devil is to worship, is to open your mouth in song, it's to lift your hands in the air, it's to clap, it might even be to shout or to dance in the presence of the Lord. That's resisting the devil. Another thing that your full force would contain would be praying, praying every day, believing God, trusting God, praying in the spirit and submitting your daily choices to God. Our resistance to Satan, our stand against him must be firm, unyielding and steadfast if we are to successfully resist his bombardment of lies against our mind and our emotions. Now, James 4, 7 says, submit therefore to God, resist, and his demi, the devil. There are different words for devil that are used in the New Testament, but this particular word in the Greek is the word diabolos, and it shows a picture of somebody repetitiously throwing something. It it pictures someone who's striking again and again and again until the object being struck has been completely penetrated. 
This is an interesting picture of the enemy, isn't it? Because Satan doesn't give up easily. But when faced with a believer who reads the word of God every day, who worships in spite of pain and discouragement, who prays at all times, whose life is a demonstration of the kingdom of God, what does old Diabolos do? He flees, resists the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, Of all the words we've read, this is one of the most fun. The word flees. It paints a picture of a lawbreaker who flees in terror from a nation where he broke the law. When you use your God-given authority against Diabolos, he tucks tail and runs. The devil is afraid of a believer who submits to God in every situation in life. That's me. I'm a believer who submits to God. The devil is afraid of me. Both God and the devil have very different and opposing wills about what you should do in every situation in life. Who will you align yourself with? Now, it might entail some dying to self, but there should be only one direction that you move, and that is towards your father who is the giver of the greater grace. James 4, 8. Draw near to God. Move toward God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. God stops opposing you when you draw near to him. When you draw near to him, he draws near to you. When you take one tiny little baby step toward him, he takes 10 giant steps towards you. When you put your arms toward daddy God, he reaches for you in absolute and loving delight. And do you know what he brings as he draws near to you? He brings the greater grace. So this verse actually tells us in a very practical sense how we draw near to God. We do it by cleansing our hands and by purifying our hearts. Cleansing our hands symbolizes in this verse changing our external behavior. As we draw near to God, we become aware of actions and habits that, quite frankly, are not pleasing to him. And so washing our hands demonstrates the removal of these things from our lives. And no dirt remains. We have cleansed our hands. The dirt under our very fingernails is gone. We have determined that we're not going to act that way again. Let me ask you a question. What do you need to cleanse your hands from today? Is God speaking to you about what television shows you watch, about what movies you enjoy or books that you read? Is God speaking to you about the music you listen to, the friends in your life or habits you've embraced? And as we draw near to God, he points out the dirt under our fingernails and says, son, daughter, wash again. He points out the dirt behind our ears and says, son, daughter, I think you missed something. The good news is this. When God points out the sin, he gives us the strength to change. 
James chapter 4, verse 8 says, Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Purifying your heart symbolizes changing your internal behavior. It's talking about our single-mindedness toward God and thinking about him only and not even considering the ways of the world any longer. So purifying your hearts goes way, way, way beyond cleansing your hands. Is your sin an internal one? Do you deal with worry or shame or anxiety or jealousy or perhaps bitterness? If your sin is an internal one, James 4, 8 says that you're double-minded. And do you remember what James said about double-minded believers in James 1, 8? He said they're unstable in all their ways. So I want to talk to you today and say, please wash your hands. Please change your behavior, but go beyond that. Purify your hearts. Allow the Holy Spirit to deal with the internal issues in your life. And it will happen. Don't be surprised when it happens when you're drawing near to God. James 4, 9, be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. This verse is a sad verse, but it's a call to genuine and heartfelt repentance. You know, in James chapter 1, verse 2, James told us that trials should not steal our joy, that trials should actually fan the flame of joy. Count it all joy whenever you encounter various trials. But in this verse, James says that if there's one thing that will erase your joy, it is sin. When you are defying God with pride and with agreement with the devil and with sin, both inward and revealed, that's an occasion when your joy will be turned into mourning. So how do we move past sin? How do we move past the mourning of past and present choices? James 4.10, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. Humbling ourselves simply means recognizing that anything good in us, anything of any worth in us, anything noble or memorable about our lives comes from God and God alone. Humbling ourselves means recognizing our desperate need for God and for his greater grace. Humbling ourselves means finally acknowledging that you can't do anything without him. There is not a noted person in the history of the Bible who did not come to this crossroads as well. The crossroads of humility and pride, of God and me, of his way and my way, of the world's way and the way of the word of God. You and you alone, my friend, decide which road to take. Will you travel down the road of self or the road of him? If you choose self, you're in for great frustration. God will oppose your plans and desires. I guarantee it because the word of God says it. If you oppose God, there will be rocks and bumps and curves and turns that will lead to absolutely nowhere. But if you choose his way, 
You're in for great delight and strength. Oh, your flesh might complain from time to time. And I can't promise you that there won't be rocks or bumps or curves and turns. But I can tell you this. He will be with you all the way. He will lift you over the rocks and the bumps. He will make the crooked places straight and will make the steep inclines so doable. You choose, my friends, you choose humility or pride, sin or righteousness, God or me. I don't know who you're going to choose, but I'm going to choose him this day and every day. And may I just say that although sin may cause you to trade your joy for gloom, that when you humble yourself, according to James 4.10, in the presence of the Lord, the fullness of joy will return to you. Because in his presence, there is always fullness of joy. Thank you for joining me on A Jolt of Joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can also visit my website at justjoyministries.com. It's my passion to help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. Email me at carol at justjoyministries.com. And as always, know that I am praying for you today.